And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, who with Lamb Lion Ministry, and we thank you for being part of today's program. We have a great program prepared for you today that we have titled Gateway to Worship as we look at the book of Ezekiel, chapter 46. So we want to invite those of you that are following us on this program or following us also on social media to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us as well. And if you own a Bible, get the Bible ready so that you can study God's Word with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with the word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to dive back into Ezekiel, to study your Word and marvel about your kingdom that's coming. Pray you'll bless everyone who's tuned in that we may all grow in our understanding and relationship with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into a Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministries. Again, we thank you for being part of today's program that we have titled Gateway to Worship. And before we continue, I want to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to be back on the mic. Yes, as always, highlight of the week. Welcome, folks. It's always good you could join us in studying God's Word as Vic and I push through Ezekiel. And uh, Vic, I think we're seeing the end of Ezekiel coming. You know, Nathan, you are absolutely right. There's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, and it's a bittersweet because we've been having so much time through this uh, throughout almost a year, a little bit over a year, and it's been fantastic. Nathan, we also want to thank those people that have been part of this teaching from the beginning. Yeah, if you've been hanging on with us uh, all since the beginning of Ezekiel 1 or even farther in this year, I mean, Vic and I have been doing the Truth Will Set You Free podcast here at Lamb and Lion Ministries before Vic came on as an evangelist uh, with Lamb and Lion Ministries all the way back in 2010. So uh, welcome to year 2024, year 14 of our podcast. And uh, if you remember some of the older episodes, God bless you. Uh, I've had people tell me they've tuned in. Uh, I want to say our missional marketing agent, Chuck Donalds, who's tuned in through uh, Apple Podcasts. Chuck, so glad you're here. Folks also join us through uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, Spotify, our own RSS feed, and you can find all these podcasts on our website at ChristinProphecy.org. Fantastic. Thank you, Nate, for sharing that. And yeah, if you're new to our program, we'd love for you to, to get a hold of those resources. Uh, speaking of which, Nathan, also from time to time, we have opportunities uh, to share and speak at different ministries. You have some opportunities this uh, 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 past weeks yourself. Yeah, I mean, that's the nice thing about being an evangelist online is there's lots of online venues that want to talk prophecy. And so, uh, yes, uh, Tim Moore, our director, and myself, were on Jen Markell's Understanding the Times Radio uh, this last week. And you can just go to her Olive Tree Views or go to our podcast page under Radio Programs, and you can listen to that. I was with Casper McLeod on his Spiritual Encounters program, which airs this Friday, and uh, got a few more. So, yeah, uh, brother, it's it's praise the Lord. Uh, Many opportunities to share the gospel. Of course, folks, you can see our interviews of people on our Christ and Prophecy TV show, as well as our Prophetic Perspectives videos. You can find that on our Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel. And, of course, on, again, our website, ChristinProphecy.org. 
Uh, fantastic. And yeah, thank, thanks, Nick, for sharing that information. Uh, we also, uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, I know you sent out an e-blast uh, with uh, the evangelists that are available to share. So we'll also be open to going to the church and doing a weekend uh, teaching venue, uh, different opportunities, right, Nate, just to bless God's people in English or in Spanish. Maybe there's some ministries out there that would like for us to do something in Spanish, and we're available to do that as well. Yeah, I just forwarded you uh, as someone from Mexico was interested in maybe something online that you could teach. I know Donald Dolan's later yeah. is looking at that too, and uh, you'll be teaming up with the Kleises to, to do a seminar in Florida sometime soon, right? Yeah, Nathan, in the Ocala, Florida, that will be coming up, uh, hopefully, if everything goes well, at, at the end of this month, the 27th, and we'll give more information regarding that. And then hopefully by uh, March, uh, an opportunity to go to Cuba to do a, a seminar there for about a week. So some wonderful opportunities to do things in bilingual or in Spanish or English. Yeah, please send me that information. We'll make sure it gets on our website and we'll e-blast it out to people so they can come and attend. Awesome. And well, uh, again, for those of you that are tuned in for the program, uh, we're excited uh, to be making our way through the book of Ezekiel and also, uh, again, just highlighting current events, things that are happening and how they line up uh, to God's word, uh, especially now, right, Nate? People are still uh, in the heat of the battle with Israel and Hamas. And some people question sometimes, well, what does that have to do with the book of Ezekiel? Uh, is there any relevance uh, to those wars or or what's going on in the last days. And we believe they do, right, Nate? A lot of these things are signs of the end times, and they do apply. They do. Uh, the Bible prophesied that the birth pains would come for Israel after the baby's born. Well, what does that mean? Well, no, usually birth pains, the contractions, lead up to producing the baby. The baby is delivered, but the prophecy was made that Israel will go through birth pains after they were born or reborn, which was May 14th, 1948. And as soon as Israel declared itself a nation as of UN, um, it was at what, 181, Resolution 181, authorizing them to claim the land that was theirs, then immediately all the Arab nations attacked them and they continue to attack them. And as of this recording, of course, Israel is at the war with Hamas, Hezbollah up in Lebanon wants to jump in. And just today I was reading, Jordan has moved its army along the border. So this could explode into a Psalm 83 war very soon. But it's interesting. We were uh, interviewing Olivier Melnick with Chosen People Ministries, and he said that the Jewish people who tend primarily to be secular humanists, about 75% of them in Israel are secular humanists, are turning to God. Maybe not Yeshua yet, Jesus Christ, but uh, with all the wars that's going on, people start getting heavenly minded. And so the Jewish people are are looking to the Lord and, and for deliverance or seeing the miracles in the middle of battles and, and just praising him. So there is a spiritual renaissance going on in Israel. And you know how it is, Vic, right? You have to have a lot of troubles before people are willing to bend a knee and, and turn to God, right? Well, Nathan, and that's a very good point you're making. Uh, God is definitely stirring some things in these last days. And uh, I'm glad you brought that point in our church plant here in the area. We have actually... Uh, we don't have a lot of Jewish people in the Daytona Beach area, but we actually had a Jewish couple that's been coming now, Nathan, for over six months. Uh, and it was due to us praying for them and them seeing the hand of God move. So they, 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 they're they coming to worship God. Uh, we give people room to grow. But it is nice to see that God is stirring the hearts of people. Uh, and that is something that the Bible talks about is going to take place in the last days before the Lord returns. We see him 
uh, in a sense, drawing his people back to uh, uh, to himself. And we see that so many returning to Israel, Nate. That's not a coincidence. It's God stirring that. Absolutely. So you're talking about your church, Calvary Chapel Speedway? Uh, yes, absolutely, Nathan. Yeah. Okay. Well, folks are in the in the uh, Rehoboth, not Rehoboth, ooh, got that wrong, Daytona Beach area, then they should check out your church, Calvary Chapel Speedway. Yeah, Nathan. And uh, we, like I said, it's really neat. To, uh, throughout the years, we've had um, God moving the hearts of Jewish people, not a lot, but we've seen uh, their their hunger and the desire to know more about him. And really, it was eye-opening because these were not like your uh, traditional Jewish people. They were just, you know, people that were interested in things of the Bible. But once they got a hold of what God's word had to say and the promises to the Jewish people, suddenly they became very interested in knowing more about the New Testament. So I believe that's definitely a work of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's neat to be at this stage and during the church age, too, because the Lord said that the Jewish people would have spiritual blinders put on them. In other words, they would not accept Jesus as their Messiah nationally as a people, although there's many Jewish, uh, Messianic Jewish people today who follow Yeshua. And that's, you know, we're talking tens of thousands, not hundreds or millions. So it's not a big number, but these are like the breadcrumbs before what we're going to read here in Ezekiel 45 and 46 when a remnant of the Jewish people have trusted in Jesus as their savior, they've been rescued by him by the end of the tribulation, and they go on to Christ's kingdom, his millennial kingdom, to serve as a priesthood during that time. So while we have the Jewish people, a scant few, believing in Jesus as their Messiah, by the time Christ's kingdom comes, all the Jewish people will believe in Jesus as their Messiah. They won't be secular humans. They won't be Mosaic law followers to a T anymore. They will be followers of Jesus Christ. And that's that's just mind-blowing to think that that transition, we're watching that happen right now. Oh, Nathan, and that is exactly, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because what we're going to see in Ezekiel uh, 46 really is something amazing that I believe uh, is not so far in the far future because you and I did some calculations, Nathan, and the reality is that we say, hey, if the rapture can happen at any moment and the tribulation is seven years and we are in the year 2024 right now, I mean, really, it, by 2030 plus, we could see ourselves in this situation in the millennium. It, it, it's really mind boggling, but that's the reality of the times in which we're living in. It's very exciting. Yeah, I mean, to, to think a entire transformation of the spirituality of the Jewish people, the end of, of Islam and Jew, uh, Buddhism and Jainism and all the other isms, secularism, to think that Christ's kingdom will come, no more human government, Jesus Christ ruling and reigning from Jerusalem, the Jewish people, a priestly people, and the Gentile nations, all believers going into the millennial kingdom, growing, and then those of us uh, who are saved will be raptured up to heaven, we'll get our glorified bodies, and will return with Jesus to help him rule and reign over those who survived the tribulation and accepted Christ who will live on in their earthly bodies. So the entire world, the geography of the world, we read how the tribulation uh, will destroy so much of the world that the ge geography, the topology will all be different. Jerusalem will be lifted high and surrounded by rivers. And uh, brother, I just, <laughs> the entire world, could be almost unrecognizable, say, even 10 years from now. 
Oh, Nathan, and I say I can't wait for that yeah. uh, because, uh, I mean, we do have some nice places like Hawaii and, and uh, other places. <laughs> but yeah. imagine the whole right, the whole earth being like Hawaii, right, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, but even paradises like Maui, like with the fires last year, uh, you won't have that during the Millennial Kingdom. It'll be a time of peace and righteousness and justice where... Where there will be no more hunger and no more homelessness and the curse will partially be lifted and people will live for hundreds and hundreds of years and the animals won't be wild anymore and they won't kill each other or us and and you know we'll get to see Jesus Christ and so that kind of brings us up to where Vic and I left off in Ezekiel 45 is is the feast, the Jewish feast that we were the Mosaic feast will continue on and be reinstituted globally during the millennial kingdom. Nathan, and that's exciting because people, uh, this is an area where they're not very familiar, but we talked about the amazing uh, celebrations, the amazing feasts, the amazing barbecues that are going to happen. <laughs> and, and that's really what it is. It's a lot of sacrifice of animals, but it, it, it burnt offerings and all this, if you think about it in terms of celebration, is people coming together to worship God to give thanks to him for all that he has done. Nathan, what's interesting, sometimes when people talk, when, when people hear about worship, they automatically think music, like a church worship. But we, 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 there's much more than that. Uh, our worship, uh, according to the Bible, uh, is not a duty also. It's not like you're worshiping idol. It, it's a thing of joy coming in the presence of the Lord. It, it's not a ritual, but it's a relationship of love. It's giving thanks. And that's why when we read chapter 45, and now as we get into chapter 46, this is a type of worship that we're talking about. We title our message, Gateway to Worship, how we enter in. And, and it's just an amazing thing, right, Nate? It is. It is. Uh, I mean, who would think that the Jewish feasts will soon apply to the entire world? Now, there are Christians today who, who practice the feasts. They'll say they're not Jewish feasts, they're Christ feasts. And yeah, you, you could say that, but they were only instituted for the Jewish people. They weren't instituted for the Gentile world. They were never instituted for the church. If a Christian wants to, well, we certainly have the grace to participate in them. Uh, I've done a few Passover seders myself that I've been part of, but uh, to actually be in the millennial kingdom where the feasts will be, will be practiced during, and especially the Feast of Tabernacles, which is representative of mankind tabernacling or, or dwelling with God. And so with Jesus Christ right there in Jerusalem, we'll call the nations up year after year to come and celebrate with him and there'll be these great feasts and that's what these sacrifices are they're they're you got to have food right so the, the the sacrificial food will be eaten it, it's not sacrifices for the sins of the people per se uh, for the priesthood it, it will read it definitely does but jesus christ is the ultimate sacrifice and he died on the cross so these sacrifices won't be made in mass for all the people there'll be special time sacrifices which which are technically barbecues but uh, yeah, brother, I, it's going to be exciting to think that that this is the step you got to think about how we're trying to get back to what the Garden of Eden is like. No curse, no sin. Mankind, the creation was in complete fellowship with the creator God. And the millennial kingdom will be a, a step closer to that the curse will partially be lifted. Lifespans will be long again. Uh, we'll dwell with Jesus Christ, the son of God, but not yet the father. That's reserved for the eternal state. So we're trying to bring all of humanity, that's God's plan of redemption, back to the Garden of Eden where we walked and talked and had perfect fellowship with the Lord, except 
this time, that eternal state will be filled with people who want to be with Jesus. Jesus doesn't force anybody to want to be with him. Uh, people have, have accepted Christ's salvation, and in faith, they are up in heaven with the Lord, and, and eventually the new earth down here. So exciting times are ahead of us. Oh, absolutely. And, and speaking of that, we want to invite those of you that are part of this program to join us. Again, you're tuning into a Truth to Set Your Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones with Lamb, Lion, Ministry. You're tuning into a program, The Truth Will Set You Free, as we're looking at a message titled Gateway to Worship in Ezekiel chapter 46. And we want to invite you now to take this journey with us as we begin looking at chapter 46, this fascinating passages here dealing with this amazing worship that is going to take in the time of the millennium, take place in the time of the millennium. So Nathan, would you be able to open us up there by reading chapter 46? verses 1 through 6, in case someone doesn't have a Bible, and now follow up with verses 7 through 13. Absolutely. All right, verse 46, 1 through 6. I don't let's see here. I just want to, Vic and I have been switching back and forth from the, we usually use the New King James Version, but we've been using the New Living Translation because it translates all the ancient measurements into modern measurements. So Vic, shall we start with the New Living Translation? Let's do that, Nathan. I'll turn to that one as well. Okay. Just normally wouldn't use the New Living Translation, folks, but again, there's a lot of calculations based on Old Testament measurements, and we don't want to get bogged down in that. So uh, from the New Living Translation, chapter 46, verse 1, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. The east gateway of the inner courtyard will be closed during the six work days each week, but it'll be open on Sabbath days and the days of the new moon celebrations. The prince will enter the entry room of the gateway from the outside. Then he will stand by the gatepost while the priest offers his burnt offerings and peace offerings. He will bow down and worship inside the gateway passage and then go back out the way he came. The gateway will not be closed until evening. The common people will bow down and worship the Lord in front of the gateway on Sabbath days and the days of new moon celebrations. Each Sabbath day, the prince will present to the Lord a burnt offering of six lambs and one ram, all with no defects. He will present a grain offering of a basket of choice flour to go with the ram and whatever amount of flour he chooses to go with each lamb. And he is to offer one gallon of olive oil for each basket of flour. At the new moon celebrations, he will bring one young bull, six lambs and one ram, all with no defects. With the young bull, he must bring a basket of choice flour for a grain offering with the ram, he must bring another basket of flour, and with each lamb, he is to bring whatever amount of flour he chooses to give. With each basket of flour, he must offer one gallon of olive oil. I'm sorry, Vic, I went over one. I went over one verse there. No, that's okay. That's why I love to share with you, Nathan. I'm going to take one of yours next time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All yours. Verse, yeah, verse 8 says, The prince must enter that gateway through the entry room and he must leave the same way. Verse 9, but when the people come in through the north gate to worship the Lord during the religious festivals, they must leave by the south gate. And those who enter through the south gate must leave by the north gate. They must never leave uh, by the same gateway they came in, but must always use the opposite gateway. The prince will enter and leave with the people on these occasions. Verse 11, so at the special feasts and the sacred festivals, the grain offering will be a basket of choice flowers, with each a young bull, another basket of flour, with each a ram. And as much flour as the worshippers chooses to give each lamb, give one gallon of olive oil with each basket of flour. Verse 12, when the prince offers a voluntary burnt offering of peace offering 
to the Lord, the east gate to the inner court will be open for him and he will offer his sacrifices as he does on the Sabbath day. Then he will leave the gateway, uh, excuse me, and the gateway will be shut behind them. Each morning you must sacrifice a one-year-old lamb with no defects as a burnt offering uh, to the Lord. And Nathan, what an amazing passage uh, we have here. So interesting the way that this is all laid out. Yeah, Ezekiel chapters 40 through 48 uh, cover the priestly duties of the Jewish people during the millennial kingdom. It's not the Gentiles. It's not the church. It's not the Old Testament saints or tribulation saints. These are the Jewish people saved during the tribulation. They survived. They have children and the Jewish people become a priestly people during the millennial kingdom. And so it's interesting that Ezekiel goes into tremendous detail about what their duties involve. This is, remember uh, just a few episodes ago, we talked about how the Jewish people will be given a second chance to be a priestly people. Uh, they failed in the Old Testament. They've been set aside in their priestly duties during the church age. But when the church is raptured up to heaven, the millennial kingdom then is for the Jewish people to return to their priestly duties. They're not the same as a lot of the Mosaic law duties. They're, they're new and different. And Vic, I have a question for you, because we keep seeing the name of this guy, this worship leader, uh, this leader of these sacrifices, and he's called the prince. Who do you believe the prince is? Nathan, that is a very good question. Let's see now. Hmm. I want to say, well, I don't want to get it wrong. So I'm going to I'm going to push it back to you because you made a good point the last oh, time we were that's here. A cop -out, that's a <laughs> we read earlier, if you remember, that there is a special gate for the prince. He, he uh, there's the eastern gate. Now, if you go to Israel today, you can see from the uh, if you go over to the uh, Mount of Olives, you can look across the Kidron Valley and notice that there's a gate that's all walled up. And that's called the Golden Gate or the Eastern Gate. Uh, Suleiman the Magnificent had it walled up. He put a Muslim cemetery in front of it because the prophecy said that the Jewish Messiah would return through that gate and he would enter Jerusalem and rule Jerusalem. And Suleiman did not want, <laughs> did not want the Messiah to, to come. So the Eastern Gate, though, will be blown up. Uh, Matter of fact, Jesus will enter, and then he will build this super temple, which we learned earlier is going to be 40 miles squared. I mean, so even the existing foundations of what Israel or Jerusalem, I should say today, is going to be totally different. But only Jesus, the Messiah, can enter through the gate. That's his gate. And the prince has to enter through a side gate. And the prince, as we just read here in chapter 46, gives sacrifices and burnt offerings to the Lord. Well, who is the Lord? He's the Messiah. He's Jesus Christ. So the prince cannot be Jesus Christ. I believe, and I think there's a lot of references here, is there, there's two, two paths we could take. The prince is a descendant of the Messianic line through King David. You know, he would be, uh, I don't know how the Lord would know, but he'd be like um, Zerubbabel was. He was a descendant of David, even though during the exile time, he was sent to reestablish Israel again after the exile. This could be a descendant. Uh, he makes sin offerings, so he, he does sin, so it sounds like it's a human. But another thought is that this is King David himself. Remember, King David was the ultimate worship leader for the Lord. He wrote you know, many, many of the Psalms. He wanted to build the temple. 
he, he celebrated before the Lord. He was the best example of the ultimate worship. He made David Crowder look like a hack. I mean, he was amazing. <laughs> and we know that David is promised to rule and reign with, with Christ for, forever. So David would then rule and reign over Jerusalem and then would make him then also the worship leader. He'd pick up where he left off, basically. So I believe, this is, this is my interpretation, is that this prince, because he gives sin offerings and because he serves the Lord and is not the Lord, and he has to go by his own little gate, then this is King David, who, who's the prince. Well, Nathan, and that's what I'm saying. I think that's fantastic. And I think this is also a wonderful eye-opening thing uh, 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 for individuals. Because when you look, when you go to Israel today, you see King David everywhere. Uh, I mean, and it's really fantastic uh, to see his place, if you will, uh, the King David Hotel. I mean, he's, you know, so why, why not here in the millennium have that uh, instituted here? Yeah, I, and I, I think you're right. And again, he... It, that's his inheritance. That's his promise. David was promised the throne forever. Now, obviously, the interpretation is, is the descendant of David, Jesus. He will always have a throne. But part of the reward system for David and, and his accomplishments that the Lord did through him was that he would rule over Jerusalem. And, and that's what he's doing. He's doing that right here. And so he continues to be the worship leader. And it's a it's a beautiful picture of how the Lord keeps his promises, you know. This is 3,000 years since David was king. Uh, and so assuming that the Lord doesn't tarry and the, the kingdom comes soon. And so, wow, if, Dave, if the Lord will keep promises he's made to David that are 3,000 years old, you know, think about the promises he's made to the church to rule and reign under him over the Gentile nations during the millennial kingdom. Brother, if you're saved, that's you and me and everyone who's saved. We are promised positions of authority, serving the Lord, ruling over the Gentiles during that time period. Uh, it's, Nathan, we have excitement ahead of us. Yeah, and I think it's fascinating too, Nathan, because we know the Jewish people, especially, they have a great love for David, if you will, as their hero, more than us, the Gentiles. So what a great witness this will be for the Jewish people to see their hero restored once again to this amazing position uh, in the time of the millennium. So I think this is just a fascinating passage, whether you're Jew or Gentile, uh, to take in right now. And, and also what, what, what else we're going to be reading here in Ezekiel chapter 46 should draw you closer to God's word and wanting to learn more about it. And Nathan, again, this just all these amazing little details that people tend to overlook because when it comes to reading about the temple and the millennium, a lot of people really don't pay much mind to it. But I think this is important because we will be living in this time period, I believe, in the near in the very near future. Yeah, the signs of the point signs of the times point to the fact that Jesus Christ is returning soon. If he's returning to take his church up to heaven, that means the tribulation, the seven year tribulation, is not far behind. And Jesus returns with his saints, with his angelic realm, to defeat Satan, the Antichrist, and false prophet, and set up his kingdom for a thousand years. If there's a small gap between the rapture and the tribulation, and we know the tribulation, according to Daniel 9, is seven years long, uh, you know, this kingdom that we're talking about could come to this earth within the next decade if, let's say, the rapture happened this time this year, any time this year. I mean, this is this is... I, I just get so excited. Uh, I, well, I'm so yeah. anxious for the fallen world to end in this kingdom to come. 
Well, Nathan, I know we only have about a minute or so to the program, but the reality is, Nathan, that you and I think uh, in terms of a Bible realist, uh, realistic, if you will. A lot of people today, they don't really look at it in that reality. The reality is that we're not going to be here much longer. We see these signs of the times, and we believe that everything that we're seeing here can transpire very quickly. And to the Christian that is looking up and being ready for the Lord's return, this is very exciting. Now, for you, if you're not for you, if you're not a believer, this should be a little bit of a scary time for you because we know that what unfolds is going to really be a challenge for the world in what is called the tribulation. So we want to encourage you to pay close attention uh, to what we are uh, um, uh, saying, because if you don't have a relationship with God, we want to encourage you to come to the Lord now while there is still time. We don't want anyone to be left behind. But the reality is that we have to trust in God, trust in his son, Jesus Christ, that God died, excuse me, that Jesus died and rose again to pay for your sins so that you will have an opportunity to enter in to all of what we've been talking about. Uh, so, Nate, I mean, if there's someone out there that really has an inkling to want to draw closer to God, how might they be able to start the relationship even right now? Well, they, we have to surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. Uh, let him take the wheel, so to speak. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, and that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now's the time to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If you believe that Jesus is the Savior, then pray from your heart. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've rebelled against you. Please forgive me. I love you, and I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus promises to forgive you of your sins, to wash the guilt away, and give you eternal life and these promises with him. Praise the Lord. And maybe you pray that prayer for the first time and you trusted in Christ. Let us know. You can call or text us at 305-992-9537. We would love to send you a Bible and a study guide so that you may grow in your relationship with the Lord. And we want to congratulate you on your relationship with Jesus. And again, if the rapture were to happen today, we will rejoice to know that you will be with us in the body of Christ. So Nathan, exciting times ahead and we're so excited for all the wonderful things that God is doing. And of course, like every week, time goes so quickly. So we ran out of time for this segment of our program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry, thanking you for being part of today's program. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. We hope that you have a great week. God bless you.